Hello? 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 Okay, I think we're good. Let, let's check for an echo one more time. Whoa, whoa, is this a tornado or am I just happy to see you guys? Welcome to Demonstrate the Loop. <laughs> we're a Magic the Gathering podcast. We do everything from deck text discussions and set dissections. And boy, howdy, we're going to be set dissected today, but kind of not necessarily set dissecting. We're going to be taking a deep dive into mm-hmm. the Commander Precons that were released with Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. Now, this is our first one of these, so it might end up being a little rough, but we might do it perfectly the first time. Um, but we're probably not going to do any of these for, like, the Commander Precons where they only release, like, two and they're $20 each because mm-hmm. I don't I don't care enough. Drew, do you care? I don't think... It, we'll, we'll have to see if there ends up being enough to talk about. Because, like, like Daniel said, it's, it's a new format, new structure. We'll have to see. We'll have to yeah. pay it by ear. Josh, do you care? Hey, I'm with you, fellers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you are. Very good. Um, and so we're going to be going into um, uh, talking about these decks. We're going to be looking at some specific criteria uh, therein, and we're going to be talking about the face commanders and new legendaries in the set mostly. We might touch on a couple of cards that catch our fancy, but Drew, what are the uh, essentially the pillars that we're going to be using to construct our critiques around? Yeah, so we're we've built this around, um, and again, like uh, this is subject to change, but this is kind of where we're starting here with our own spin on this kind of like sealed product review, and we're doing it kind of uh, based on three main criteria with some subpoints in there. So the first one is: Does this product make its related format more accessible for a Magic newcomer? So specifically, like, is it affordable, reasonably available for purchase? Like, can they go find it at a place and at a level of complexity that we think again subjectively that someone who is new to the hobby could pick it up and get started with reasonable accommodation you know such as they have people to play with they may have a friend or an lgs to kind of play at um the second criteria is does the product have any value for existing players of whatever format it's for so financially does it contain staple cards or desired slash needed reprints to help bring down those costs to make the cost of those staple cards more accessible and creatively does it either add support to a neglected or kind of fledgling deck archetype um, which potentially does also include an archetype that is well supported but it it offers something in like a new color combination or some kind of new spin there Uh, put a general new spin on an old favorite or does it create a whole new archetype all to itself and finally does the product benefit the format that it's going into So kind of concluding from those first two points, uh, does the new product, does it positively influence the overall health of the format by either bringing in new players so that there's a larger player base, helping to either maintain the current player base or reinvigorating uh, the kind of enfranchised player or doing and also kind of doing the above in two ways that that also kind of uh, push the good aspects of the format, which again is a bit more subjective, but it kind of it does it in the right way. Hmm. Hmm. All right, so with all of that information in mind, we are going to be jumping in to Josh's selected one that he is going to be talking about. Josh, which uh, which one of these precons are you going to be leading us with? I'm going to be talking about Planar Portal, which is the black-red, the Rakdos Colors deck. Uh, now, the mm-mm, face, mm-mm. the face legend commander for this deck is 
Prosper Tomebound. For a red and a black and two other, you get a 1-4 with Death Touch, a Tiefling Warlock. Uh, with two notable abilities, in addition, in addition to the Death Touch. Um, first, at the beginning of your instep, exile the top card of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play that card. Notably, play that card, so you can use that to play a land. Can't always get that on an impulse draw. Uh, the second part is, whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. I really like this guy. This is This is both a facilitator and a payoff for doing uh impulse draw which is that um you exile the top card of your library and then you have it available to play for an amount of time um he does that and then you also get the payoff of uh getting a treasure token when you cast something from exile lots of ways to to make that go big and i like it a lot um i do want to also mention the the one other specifically rakdos color uh legend in the deck that you could swap out to be the commander and that is Karazakar the Eye Tyrant for three, a black and a red. You get a 5-5 five, five Beholder with, whenever you attack a player, tap target creature that player controls and goad it. I love goad so much. I'm so happy when goad come back, comes back. You do love goad. Oh, I love yep. it. Uh, his second ability is, whenever an opponent attacks another one of your opponents, you and the attacking player each draw a card and lose one life. Notably, that's what Goad causes to happen, but also it's got that good little bit of politic, that kind of, um, kind of a Edric, uh, Ludovic sort of politicsy. You get a benefit from attacking mm-hmm. people that are not me. Um, it's really neat. Um, they, as you can probably tell just from the description, those are those are very different directions to go. Um, but those are your available options for commanders. Um, but overall, I do okay. think the I do think the deck primarily leans towards going into the impulse draw, the cast from exile thing, which I think is a good choice. It's it's mm-hmm. very interesting. You've got some of uh, the 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 fairly standard to see sort of facilitators of that, like Tectonic Giant, uh, Dream Pillager on the high end, uh, Theater of Horrors. You've got an, a really interesting new one called uh, Hurl Through Hell. Let me find that real quick. That is a new card in here. Um, if it would load, it is an. Oh, I found it. I'll I'll read it off. Read it off for me. It's a two and a black and a red for an instant exile target creature until the end of your next turn. You may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell. Yeah, so it's a very interesting, you you control the board, but you also have the opportunity to steal that dude. It also is casting from exile, so you get the uh, the uh, the, uh, the commander's uh, trigger to get that treasure token. I think that's a really, a really neat new card to show off that being a thing. Um... Yeah, I I definitely I like seeing more support specifically for the cast from exile end of things. Um notably there's there's just a couple of cards in here that do cascade, which which does make sense because when you do cascade, you exile cards oh, yeah. from the top of your library until you hit a card that costs less and then you get to cast that for free, notably from exile. There's just the two in this deck, but um I, I definitely could see somebody adding more to 
to go in that direction with it. Um, a, a thought that I had is this would also go well with uh, Fortel from Kaldheim because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, in that case, you, you exile the card from your hand and then you can cast yeah. it from exile on a later turn. I totally understand why they didn't include that here because Kaldheim just happened and this is showing off different things and is not about Kaldheim. Um, but I think that adding... Um, uh, Dream Devourer from Kaldheim, which is a demon that I believe gives gives any card in your hand that does not have Foretell, Foretell, um, that would be a really easy add here, I think. Um, oh no, that would be that would be super good. I yeah. I think that um, going off of the the rubric, I I I and I could be wrong, but I'm uh-huh. nearly positive that I'm not. Is that <laughs> yeah. there there is not a cast or play from exile payoff commander like there are cards that exile sure like uh grinzo mm-hmm. can do it yeah. and or like grinzo havoc warden i think and there are yeah. cards that can exile off of players library sure but i don't think that we have had a nothing's specifically, a payoff Not yeah, a nothing payoff. is like hey mm-hmm. the more you do that you get it so i think that this card is some really interesting design space and i'm a little mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised to see it in Rakdos, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. That's that's what's kind of interesting to me. But I guess mm-hmm. it makes sense because Madness, they they changed Madness recently, mm-hmm. where when you discard a card with Madness, it goes into exile for a little bit and you actually cast it from there. Oh, yeah. I don't think so I you can go that. whole Madness on this shtick yeah. as well. Yeah, there's a mm-hmm. lot of directions to go with it. Like I said, there's just the taste of Cascade going on in here. Um there's there's a lot of different ways that they are pulling off the the exile casting from exile to where I, I think mm-hmm. this sits in a cool spot in in addition to um I mean in addition to the the cast from exile situation having it's got just three cards with goad in here but it gives you a taste of that there for some reason is there are three creatures in this deck that deal with putting out rat tokens um that, that <laughs> oh, yes, that's perfectly <laughs> it's perfectly nice to have it like it doesn't really sit with either commander's theme necessarily i mean i guess it lets you get in there with uh karazic uh Kar- um but i think more so mm-hmm. it it's i think more so that sort of thing sits in here to be like if somebody is kind of newish to magic they're not sure where they want to go with a commander deck they might see those three cards say those go really nice together let me do rats let me get rid of every other card in this deck and go big rats let me do rat tribal let me do rats (laughs) i know that whenever i have bought a commander precon what i've done was ignore the face cards and ignore the new cards that were printed Mm -hmm. and instead looked at three random (laughs) cards in the deck and said those are the ones those now i want to build rats maybe man Maybe. I, I, I picked it up. I was in the store. I saw Prosper Tonebound, Exiles, Makes Treasures. And you know what I thought when I got that? Let's get some rats. Let's get some rats on in there. Hey, man, I'm not going to. Whatever whatever tickle somebody's jimmies, let them jimmies He's be not going to yuck your yum. I'm not no, going to. Y- I'm not going to yuck your yum. He yuck. Uh, now, anyway, getting to the, <laughs> the rubric, the grading, after giving a taste of what it's about mm-hmm. there. Uh, on the first point accessibility to newcomers um i the thing is i would say i think this deck just kind of by the nature of primarily what it is i think it's a it's slightly complex a little bit compared to other things the fact that 
Um, really specifically, a lot of these different cards, some of them give you the option to cast it from exile just until the end of that turn. Some of them give you until the end of your next turn. Others let it happen indefinitely with, with like a Gaunti Lord of Luxury. Um, there's there's a bit to mm-hmm. track here. You're not just drawing cards and playing them like in most decks. Um, learning and understanding how Cascade works. This, I would give this uh, not a low complexity score. So like if somebody was just, okay. just trying to get into to magic, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend this deck. This this isn't the one that I would that I would offer them. But somebody that's that's knows it pretty dang well. They're they're learning some new stuff. They could totally get into it. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out about accessibility here, and I don't think this is the only deck that this is the case for. Um, among the card mm-hmm. the cards in this deck, uh, you do need a D4 for Bucknerd's Everfull Purse, which I love the name of that card. Um, you need a D6 <laughs> for Ebony Fly. You need a D10 for Bag of Devouring mm-hmm. and Underdark Rift. You need a D12 for Reckless Endeavor, a D20 for Chaos, Chaos Channeler and Dance Macabre. And these commander decks don't even include a D20 spin down. These include the Life Wheel, which is a little card situation. So, like, I... I feel weird mm-hmm. about that. Like, if if you play this deck, you're gonna hit a card that asks you to have a D4, a D10. You're you're gonna have to like go on your phone. You're gonna have to find a situation for how to do a thing about that. That's not included. It's just not included. Mm-hmm. And I that's weird. Yeah, that's that weird is a lot of different apparatuses yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do think that I'm assuming because I'm a, this was the case in the main set. I'm assuming that mm-hmm. Prosper Tonebound what is a D and D character that exists in the D and D lore. Uh, I would. I'm assuming I would, I would all imagine. these space people are. I'm assuming. So yeah, I mean, it's, that, that uh, would be weird to me if like yeah. they made up brand new ones for the Commander precons. Yeah, but I, 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 I think, think Drew's so. doing a quick look. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm doing a quick check right now. It just it feels to me with all oh uh, weird <laughs> with with all these these dice being requested by the deck it it really kind of almost feels like wizards being like oh well you know if you really want to do this deck right don't you want to buy a bag of dice a D bag of dice and if you buy a bag of D dice you're going to be ready to play D, our other franchise don't you want to get into that and i guess they're allowed to do that but if they at least provided the dice the deck is asking for i feel weird about that i feel weird about that I mean, it, it is definitely odd, but if this is based off of a character that's very popular in D&D lore, mm-hmm. and this is supposed to be like the hook that gets them in, then they'll probably already have these things. But that Maybe. is not a big enough a big enough group yeah. of people that are going to end up buying this. Because I know the kind of people that will buy this. They're people who will buy like, you know, a box of all five of them or all four of them or whatever and be yeah. like, you know, I, I have I have them all. Yeah. Um and they they may not have a bunch of these dice lying mm-hmm. around. Um so yeah, that is a that is that is a little odd. If but that's have, gonna be yeah. the case in all of these. I, I think so you're if right. We, if we are all saying now that this is a what what would we call this a knock on? Accessibility, I guess would be a knock. That's what, every that's where every I'm one of these it. decks is gonna get a small knock yeah. on accessibility. Yeah. If if it's it's essentially there, there is stuff that it does not come with. Yeah. It's batteries. It's batteries not included. That's a hindrance to access. Uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yep. moving okay. on to the second 
part of the rubric value for existing players um the thing is on this particular one uh out of out of these four according to mtg goldfish going by their estimate from card kingdom this one has the lowest expected value of the four that might change over time with some Mm -hmm. of the new cards that are introduced if they go up in price or down in price um but it's not it's not down from the others by a lot but this one does it only has exactly one significant value reprint with um disrupt decorum uh, I believe that was only ever printed in um, Commander 2017. Otherwise, I think, and that's mm-hmm. just uh, it was four... a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Four drop red sorcery. Goad all creatures you don't control. Love it. Love goad. Um, but that is exactly mm. just the one at all money card in this deck. So it's the values. It's not. It's not great. It's not great. Um, yeah. One I... of the things I do want to call out though, because uh, the Commander Precon stuff has actually gotten a lot of hits um, recently about the the mana rocks that are included. I mm. do want to kind of call out, like, as we get into, like, the value, value reprints and stuff like that, I just want to call out the fact they have Worthwhile. This has Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, mm. Rakdos mm-hmm. Signet, and Talisman of Indulgence. Oh, yeah, the Talisman is... Yeah. I, I didn't catch that. That's a good one. Again, none of those individually are terribly expensive cards now, thankfully, mm-hmm. but it's it's good to see because it's the, the Locket, not here at all, which is great to see because that's just not great <laughs> ramp, um, especially in a yeah. pre-con. And so I like that it's the four starting ramp pieces you would get for these colors. All four out of four of them are here. Do love to see that? Yeah, it, including notably Felwar Stone, which is that that has not seen a lot of reprints. Yes. That's that's a that's a pretty good one to see. Mm-hmm. It's still not like high value, but yeah, no, this one does in particular give you a lot of those good basic rocks. Still looking at it for monetary mm-hmm. value, it. Not great, but I mean, I, I do still, I don't know. I would have to kind of do the math on like if I was buying just the cards I wanted from this deck specifically on like TCG player. Yeah. I don't know for sure if like I personally looking at it would get my value. I might just want to buy individual cards I mm-hmm. wanted from this this deck. And I think a lot of established people, other than if you're like at a place you don't have a deck, you want to get a deck, um, you're probably not going to want to just Mm-hmm. up and buy this or if one. you are already buying the pre-cons anyway because a lot yeah. of people do just buy yeah. pre-cons to have a pre-con power level thing so yeah but um but yeah yeah but that being that, that, said, that's fair yeah that being said uh third point does it benefit the format um i i ultimately in spite of the little the little gripes i might have with accessibility with the value i, I really think it does overall based on this we already touched on this this face commander it's it's a facilitator and a payoff of that impulse draw and various other ways of casting from exile in a way that, that we haven't seen before. It really it really makes this makes this a deck and and not only that but I think there are a number of ways that you could that you could take this. Um, it's 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 a it's a, mm-hmm. a subjective final assessment, but like I, I think this is a cool deck. If I for some reason yeah. had to buy a a pre con deck. I would I would really not be at at all upset to end up with this one. This is a cool deck. It really is. I I would give it my thumbs up, even if I wish it had a little more, maybe a little more value in it. I'll I'll say this: any card, or any any commander or deck where hmm. you can look at the card Uba Mask and be like, <laughs> Uba Mask oh, no. is an all star. 
in this deck because if you draw a card, you instead exile it. And it doesn't say you have to cast cards. It's just whenever you play a card from exile, you play a land for turn from exile, that's a treasure baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... Oh, that's, that does. You, you get your worth the whole time. Mm. This is an Ubermask. Like, any cards you draw, it's now just treasures. It's mm-hmm. like you just... You can <laughs> circumvent the whole process. Just mm-hmm. any any way you'd put a card in your hand, you just say, nah, exile it. All of it. Dude, we're not mm-hmm. doing it. And I that's that. beautiful to me. I, love I will that. say I really that the like other that. face commander... The, the other face commander... It's kind of like we've gotten goad. There's a couple of goad commanders now. Uh, mm-hmm. I th- we got one, I think, two years ago with uh, Jared, I think it was. Um, he was in the Atlapalani uh, precon. He, oh, he goaded. Uh, okay, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, I don't know the one. Wait, as a goad commander? There, one of the one of those precons had a commander that's whenever it deals combat damage to a player, I think you goad all of their creatures. Um, yes, it's oh. not Jared, um, but he's yeah. a, he has a Naya commander. Okay. I know who you're yeah. talking about. I forget yeah. his name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we've got a couple of goaders, and then this second ability, I really like this. I really mm-hmm. like these kind of conditional hug effects where your opponent has to make the decision to mm-hmm. get hugged. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that design. We did just get like Brina. In the Strixhaven Commander Precons, which does a, I think it's Brina, the the Orzov bird, that is essentially just yes, whenever a, a whenever yeah. a player attacks somebody with more life than other players, they draw a card ah, mm-hmm. and then you put counters on your stuff. This is not different enough for my liking. So mm-hmm. soon after like a Commander Precon for this face card, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I do still like that it exists. I I anytime that they make a hug piece that is reliant on other people having to do things for the hug to put themselves in a bad position. I like that. I, I really like yeah. that design space, but it's not, you know, I don't think this is winning any crazy awards for originality or anything, mm-hmm. but prosper, mm-hmm. I think is prosper. I think is dope. Yeah. So, so you would say probably finally, you would probably give a thumbs up overall. I would give it overall. Yeah. Final Cause I re- thumbs up. Or are you asking Daniel? I'm going to give it. I was asking give Daniel. It I'm gonna give it a thumb up, like with okay. a little, a little bit of a smirk. Like if I saw somebody playing it, I'd be like, "Nice, bud." But mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd ever buy this. But I, I do think that there's a lot of really interesting design space being here. There's three different ways to make rats. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and then, then to bring it on. Uh, so the card you were talking about, Daniel, is Marisi Breaker of the Coil, yeah, which does do that. Yeah, uh, whenever they they goads their whole thing. And yeah, I mean, um, over overall on it, I do think it's. I actually, um, prior to recording, I didn't even consider the fact that they would. I guess I took it um, as an assumption that they would come with all the pieces you needed to play. That's mm-hmm. on me, mm-hmm. me and Culpa on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it's not having the dice is kind of a bummer. Um, fortunately D 20 are not a terribly expensive thing, but it is, it's an accessibility thing. It's another thing you got to buy. Yeah. And I don't think mm-hmm. it says it on the box. You need to buy a set, not a D 20, a set of dice. Yeah, you need a, right. I think what you need D fours, D six, D eights and D twelves. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah. That's, that's yeah. kind of a bummer. Um, that that's in the same realm for me as it not coming with the tokens that it needs, which is a thing that I specifically get frustrated with all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's I uh, looking online. These are these are seemingly these are around forty bucks, which is on the higher end for a precon product. It is, I mean, strictly speaking, if you were going to buy everything in here, it is worth that. But again, like Josh said, more than likely 
you can just buy the couple cards you actually care about and then save a ton of money there but Mm -hmm. it is it's accessible literally um it is in the strictest sense of the phrase it is worth the price that is being charged for it at least for now at time of recording um for plays of the format i think that prosper i actually really like that prosper is not um, at least on the face of it and in a way that I can immediately judge busted in any kind of way. And even if I think you took prosper to like the full tilt of how powerful that is, I don't think that's like broken or unfun to play against. It just seems like he's kind of a grease, the wheels of stuff you would already be doing in Rakdos and in commander in general, mm-hmm. the backup commander, um, Kaka Caracas, uh, Karazakar, <laughs> I think is just neat. I think Rakdos Goad is kind of a cool way to play. Yeah. I mm-hmm. like how mm-hmm. Goad as an archetype, um, one is growing, but also fits into Rakdos kind of color pie and to specifically, I guess, black red, maybe not Rakdos specifically, yeah. but black red. Mm-hmm. Because I, I like the idea that it's you were gaining advantage by not having to invest yourself, so you're manipulating other people. Yeah. The red mm-hmm. means that you're kind of playing off of people's emotions to do that. I think I think that if you did run it with Karazakar, that's also pretty neat there. And I mean, again, it's solid ramp pieces. It's got the good. It's got the good rocks in here. It also has a lot of the staples you would need, like light up the stages in here, which I love. It has both Bedevil and Chaos Orb, which are premium removal options. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like it's they're not really hamstring a new player by giving them the bad stuff chaos warp is a staple in any deck with red in it comes in here love to see that also just love to see more of that card getting printed because it's again a staple Mm -hmm. um terminates in here not bad at all and so a lot of the cards in here are cool i think uh i will kind of agree with josh that again i think playing with the exile zone is a bit complex if you're brand new yes i do agree with that i think if you're even intermediate with the game i feel like that's a pretty cool space to be at and definitely like it's again i don't think anything that this is doing is detrimental i think the worst thing you could say about this deck is that it's inoffensive which for rakdos is an impressive feat to pull (laughs) off i would give it a thumbs up Mm. no i am i think and and like you know the thing is is that Really, the most complex thing is the different types of exile and play yeah. that there are. Right. Because red is getting impulse draw all the time. Like, if it was yeah. mostly impulse draw, that'd be one thing. But the fact it's like cascade and mm-hmm. then suspend, and then I think there's a rebounder in there. Oh, like, they really uh-huh. tried to give you just one of every type of exile and be mm-hmm. like, hey, man, figure it out. All right, we'll, yeah. we'll move on. I think everybody feels pretty good about that one. We'll move yeah, on to three mine. thumbs up on that one. Three mm-hmm. thumbs up. This one is Draconic Rage being helmed by Vrondis. Vrondis. <laughs> Rage of Ancients. It is a three, a red and a green. Dragon Barbarian. It is legendary. Uh, it has Enrage. Whenever Vrondis, Rage of Ancients, is dealt damage, you may create a 5-4 red and green spirit creature token with, when this creature deals damage, sacrifice it. And it also has, whenever you roll one or more dice, you may have Vrondis do one damage to itself. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> this whole time I thought it was Vondris. It is Vrondis. <laughs> that, is, that is spooky. Um, essentially, and this is a thing that I learned today when um, I was looking at this deck and I selected it as the one I wanted to do. I did not, I was not fully aware that this is a dragon deck. <laughs> I was shocked to learn that this was like draconic rage. It's a dragon deck. Draconic. Well, you have to remember the cards that they showed off, like when they were mm-hmm. first spoiling these commanders. I don't think mm-hmm. a single like one 
One was a dragon that just cared about doing things based off of dice rolls. Everything mm-hmm. else that was mm-hmm. a new card was not a dragon or cared about dragons. Even the guy doesn't necessarily care about dragons. He just makes dragons that don't fly, like not regular dragons. He <laughs> makes dragons like Kamigawa makes spirits. And so I, was just, I wasn't expecting such a heavy dragon focus okay. when I was uh, first looking through it. But yeah, this mm-hmm. is essentially going to be, uh, it's a dragon deck. It's it's looking to put out dragons, reduce the cost of dragons, and uh, get them into play quick. Um, we also do have one of the, the cool cards added here, or a card that people are suspecting is going to be gangbusters. It is not a dragon. It's a human druid. It is the druid mm-hmm. of purification. Uh, three and a green. So one more than reclamation, Sage. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player may choose an artifact or enchantment you don't control and destroy each permanent chosen this way. So Ooh. just a for each player that's not you, artifact, enchantment, removal, for one more than Rex Age. People mm-hmm. are speculating that that's going to be really good. It's in this dragon mm-hmm. deck. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's kind of the rat. It's kind of the rats mm-hmm. here because it also doesn't <laughs> roll dice. Doesn't mm-hmm. really make any sense. Uh, this deck actually does come with two face commanders that are in the actual colors. And so we'll go into those real quick. We have, um, where's the one? Cloth, the Unrivaled Ancient. Five, a red and a green. Flying Haste, four, four, dragon. Whenever Cloth, Unrivaled Ancient attacks, you add X mana in any combination of colors where X is the total power of attacking creatures and you spend this mana only to cast spells. Okay, so they put the text on this card to not let you go infinite with the mana dump extra combat spells. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty good. Or the mana dump extra combat enchantment. Um, and then until in a turn, you don't lose this yep. mana as steps and phases end. So we essentially have a legendary Savage Ventmaw, uh, yep. more or less. You can get a lot more mana off it, but they essentially just took the Savage Ventmaw text, which is also in this deck, which is just Savage Ventmaw yeah. attacks. You add three red, three green, until in a turn you don't lose this mana as steps and phases in. So in regards to how unique that is, I don't, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. It's There's something. Mm-hmm. There is also, is the, there's one other. There's also Wolfgar. Wolfgar also oh, could yeah, be a commander. Wolfgar of Icewind Dale. Three and a red and a green. It is a legendary human barbarian with melee. And if a creature you control attacking would cause a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So hmm. he's essentially a panharmonicon for attack triggers, yep. which is, um, well, we'll get into how that's probably <laughs> the coolest card in the deck oh, but in a little bit. Oh, but there's also another yeah. choice for commander. It's a reprint. You can also run a Tarka world render from Tarkir. Oh yeah, there, here there is a Tarker, uh, a Tarker, <laughs> yeah, a Tarka, which is really cool because it synergizes so well with the Vrondris dragons. Because mm. when they deal their first strike damage, they die. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, I will say, I'll say this: I don't know necessarily. Um, well, I guess. Oh, what's the what's the first part you started on, Josh? What was your oh, first pillar you started uh, on? I want to make sure I'm on the same one. I started off talking about accessibility to newcomers. Okay, accessibility to newcomers. This 
is pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> this deck, <laughs> I will say that this deck is not that complicated. What you see is what you get. I don't think there's anything here that's going to really throw anybody for a loop or have to look up any kind of weird timing restrictions for certain things mm. or have to do like investigation mm. into the stack of how things work. It is big dragon. You swing big dragon, a very Timmy style deck of just, I want to get dragon damage in. So I mm -hmm. swing with my dragons on the ground, uh, looking through the sorceries here real quick. It does not look like any of these are complicated at all. Um, nope. All of these things, very easy to understand. <laughs> I, I will probably, I'll say this, this will probably be from like a gameplay perspective the most accessible deck out of the bunch. This one is very, I don't want to say mm. cut and dry because mm -hmm. you know, like I'm over here poo pooing on dragons. I've been playing for a long time, but players love dragons. Magic yeah. players do love their big, dumb dragons. Mm -hmm. We got so many mm -hmm. in this last set. Mm -hmm. I do think personally that maybe some of the wind of having a dragon deck got taken out of the sails because we just, had Strixhaven, which gave us five new Headmaster Dragons in mm -hmm. multiple colors. Mm -hmm. And then the actual set that this is in gave us six new Legendary Dragons, mm -hmm. one of yep. each monocolor, and Tiamat to <laughs> let you tutor up any combination of dragons. Yeah. So I guess for me, it's like, man, that's been a lot of dragons. Here's Vrondis. <laughs> you know, a little... A little lackluster, but players, I I guarantee that this is a lot more people's cup of tea than I'm given credit for because people really do like their dragons. I have a dragon. Um, the deck. thing that yeah, you have a dragon <laughs> deck. Yours is Rakdos, which yeah. is a, a pretty good a pretty good twist on a dragon deck. Mm -hmm. Um, but accessibility, I don't think that this this deck is. I think the most that you're going to have to worry about is if you get Wolfgar out because you have to mm -hmm. look up what melee does because it does not have reminder text on what melee does. Mm -hmm. um, Drew, you know what melee does. What does melee do real quick? Uh, melee. Uh, so the version that is in the deck does have it. The one that goldfish, which we're using to have the deck list, it, the version it's displaying oh. does not. So if you oh, okay. Okay. Version, okay. doesn't, uh, but melee is just whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one till end of turn for each opponent that creatures you control are attacking. So ideally melee, if you're building a deck around that melee is rewarding you for swinging all out in all directions all the time. Yep, and um, because of his own ability, the melee is going to trigger an additional Twice. time. Exactly, mm -hmm. yep. which mm -hmm. is uh, which is really cool. Um, there are some parts I really like about this deck, but we'll go into there. We'll go into that in the creativity bit. I'm going to jump into the value section here. Um, notable reprints. Um, we got a pretty good one. We got Kindred Summons. Kindred Summons yeah, had yeah. I think only been reprinted. In Commander in, 2017, same as Disruptor yeah. oh, Core. Yeah. So they're just taking all the ones from a few years back and being like, hey, people I'm need these. Let's get them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Kindred Summons, very good. Uh, you choose a creature type, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal X creature cards of the chosen type, where X is the number of creatures you control of that type. Put those cards onto the battlefield, then shuffle the rest of the revealed cards into your library for uh, five and two green. Super good, especially if you are in a dragon deck that is accumulating a lot of tokens, because a lot of dragon decks will typically be like, 
I have three or four big dragons. Kindred mm-hmm. Summons isn't that good. But this is one of the few dragon decks that's like, well, without like, you know, cards in the deck. The commander itself is like, here are a bunch. Yeah. Here's mm-hmm. many. And you're in green, get many more a dragon. And that's a, a really good reprint. Uh, Rich Cards Expertise is in here. That card was getting up there. It's saying $5 is of now. So that that's with a price drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one that was getting high up there is Skyline Despot, which was five and yeah. two red flying. When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Monarch is always a fun thing to add into games. Mm-hmm. So this is just a great include both for price and just, um, you know, people playing with it. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you're the monarch, you make a five, five red dragon creature token with flying eating good in the neighborhood. So I think that there is definitely some value here because, you know, the only reason that these cards are like nine, five dollars now is because, you know, there was a price decrease. But mm-hmm. I will say it's more so than the um, than the than the prosper one is that even the cheap cards that give you cheeky shenanigans in Prosper, I think are more fun than some of the cheekier cards in this deck. <laughs> like uh-huh. the new ones here. Like Berserker's Fury is an effect that I feel like people... Like this... Okay, this is one of the new ones. It's two and a red, an instant. Cast a spell only before combat and only uh, before blockers are declared. You roll 2d20 and ignore the lower roll. Choose any number of creatures. They block this turn of Fable. And 15 through 20, you choose which creatures block this turn and how those creatures block. I don't think, I don't think these effects are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, more often than not, you just are going to kind of want trample or to kill all their <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've seen an effect like this printed that wasn't supposed to. This is a rare in this. This is a new card. Yeah. This isn't something from <laughs> Adventures in the Thing. I, I'm baffled. I'm honestly baffled when I look at it. It's just like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna do it? It, it's, it just feels really, really bad to me, especially as like one of the cool new cards in the set. That said, I think uh, Wild Endeavor is a really cool card. You roll two D fours, choose one result. You get that many green beasts, beasts uh, mm-hmm. for one result, and then you get to beasts, mm-hmm. creature tokens. <laughs> and then you get to um ramp for whatever else you rolled. So if you roll two fours, that's four beasts and four lands for six mana. That's that's really good. Yeah. Um but even then I don't I don't think that there's enough value in here to to buy this deck. I mm-hmm. I most certainly would not would not buy this deck outright. I would probably just buy a few of the cheeky cards, especially if you're building a dragon deck, because unless you're specifically wanting to do Rondris or Cloth or a Tarka, which come in here, hmm. you're, I imagine that you're probably just going to get like the Ur-Dragon or the Scion <laughs> and you're going to do something with those. But I could yeah. be wrong, of course. I'm sure that this this is for someone. It just most certainly isn't me. And Josh has a dragon deck and I don't... Josh. Yeah, you got a dragon deck. What do you yeah. what do you think looking at this list value wise? Uh, is uh, is this anything to you? Uh, I've personally never like going going gruel dragons. Um, it's already it's it has previously already been a pretty decent way to go with things like Savage Vent Mall that that already existed as as a thing gruel dragons and it gets you any of the ramp options you want to ramp out your big boys. 
Um, and so I don't know. I, I've always felt like that's it's a really straightforward way to do it. I think there's more interesting ways to do dragons. I say because I I did. <laughs> um, so very subjective. I definitely <laughs> I definitely wouldn't buy this deck because <sighs> I find this to just be a much much less interesting version of a deck that i have already done and on top of that on mm-hmm. top of that i oh i get so offended in these pre-con decks when it's when it's like it's tribal it's a really rigid hard theme but then there's never winter hydra in here it and i think that's one of the new cards too why why mm-hmm. do you get a big boy rare hydra in this dragon deck that will not benefit from any of the dragon synergy i don't get it i'm gonna take this to what i thought the deck was gonna end up being and Mm. in terms of creativity and why i actually really like vrondrit vron vrondis vrondis why i actually really like vrondis as a card just Mm -hmm. not at all for this deck Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this is the reason why is that there are not it's that not many there's not there's not that many what I call there's a few, but there there's not that many pyrohemia commanders. Pyrohemia is not in this deck. No, Py- I know hell? that's because this is a dragon deck, Drew. Listen, but I'm saying <laughs> if you want because if you wanted to build a pyrohemia deck, you don't have that many options. You have, I think, Karlov is kind of one. Kazarov. And then you have Kazarov, yeah, Kazarov. You have um, uh, Torbran, hmm. and then you have Torolf from uh, Call Call Yeah. So getting a Gruul Pyrohemia commander is cool to me. I like it. I like that archetype. And also it has Enrage. Like it just has the text hmm. Enrage. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like one of the things, because some people like Enrage a lot, but the issue with Enrage is that yeah, that's what I'm saying. Enrage is really cool, but the commanders for Enrage do not have Enrage. And if I'm, I really like it when I'm building around an archetype, I want my commander to have the thing. I want my commander to have the thing I'm building around. And so this is an enraged commander. If you're just like, I want all of the green Enragers. I want all of the red Enragers. I want honorary mm-hmm. Enragers like Brash Taunter. And I want to have like Stuffy Doll. Give me these enragers. You stuff them into this deck. And then you just ping, itty bitty pings, like itty bitty tiny pings, like pyrohemia, pyroclasm. None of my stuff is dead. Here's a bunch of spirit dragons. Here's a bunch of me ramping and drawing cards with my dumb dinosaurs. And then also you're taking four damage because of my brash taunter. And I like that you have that option because your other options were gashath. And Zakama, which are really strong for not the reasons that people have in Rangers. They just get you dinosaurs, or in Zakama's case, you're a combo machine and you just decimate the whole board. And I really like that. And even if you don't want to go in Rage, it did the thing that I wanted out of the core set of this, which is gruel dice rolling. I really mm. wanted dice rolls to not be an is it. I was so mad that it was an is it. We talked about that in an episode prior. Because I feel like the forces of nature are chaotic forces. Like you mm-hmm. could find mm-hmm. a way to flavorfully make dice rolls work in green, but they're just like, nah, it's is it? Make them draw a card. But this says, nah, man, <laughs> listen, 
dice rolls in gruel. Like there's not a lot of them. There's probably maybe 30, but Hey, you got the commander for it. Get in there, bud. Roll some dice. See what happens. Am I incredibly strong? Maybe not, (laughs) but listen, (laughs) but you can do it. And the option is really fun. Um, Oh, I will say one really cool combo they actually have in this deck that I like quite a bit. Um, This is my favorite thing in the whole deck is that with Vrondris, they have Warstorm Surge, which is whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. And then they also have Outpost Siege, uh, which is when it enters the battlefield, you choose cons or dragons. And cons is the one everybody picks because you get to exile cards and cast them. But you actually pick mm-hmm. it for the dragons mode, which is whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, Outpost Siege deals one damage to any target. So you find a way, you ping Vondris, Vrondis, and then you create <laughs> the spirit. The spirit enters. Warstorm Surge is going to make it deal damage equal to its power to any target. And then that creature dies because it dealt damage. And then it goes away. Outpost siege triggers. You can ping Vondris. Make a dragon. Hit a person for five. Ping Vondris. It's cute. Mm -hmm. That's the cutest thing in the whole deck, though. Don't buy this for the three-card cute combo. But I do... I do really like Vrondis as the head of literally anything else. As a dragon commander, I think he sucks. I think he sucks so much. I think he sucks so hard. And it makes me really sad to see him in this state. But man, like creatively, the deck is is brain dead to me. It's a brain dead deck looking at it with how it is built, with how it is built, with how they're presenting it, with how you buy it, how it feels to play. There's there's, and you know, I like to be brain dead. There's no decisions to make. You just look at your hand and you say, this is the biggest thing. And that is why I think that I think this deck is really good for like the newest of players. But I think once sure. you like learn about more interactions, you'll be like, Oh, okay. You can have big dragons and do stuff like you can there's like things that make the dragons do things because they're dragons and it's not just having them and then mm-hmm. it, so mm-hmm. i think that this is a super good on-ramp but i think if you have played magic for a long time or know how dragons work and know that there's other dragons i think that i think that creatively bankrupt in, in, in that department i think that Rondrus himself has potential, but I think that the deck itself, I think it's just kind of a put your foot on the gas and drive into a wall, baby. That's just what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. Drive into a wall, get that enrage trigger. Get so the enrage trigger. So, so then overall, I'm getting the feeling that you're kind of... Um, I gotta get, I love, I genuinely love Rondus. Yeah. But I do not like this deck. I just, yeah. I don't, it's just I kind of a bummer to either. me. What about you guys? I don't want it either. Okay. Thumbs down. Yeah. I don't have, yeah, like, I don't really have much to say that wasn't already covered, but yeah, it's like, I, I you know, I, again, I, I love uh, my big green stuff, turn stuff sideways. I do love my simple pure magic. So I do, I do think it's good to like pick up for a new player on a complexity level, but it, the absence of pyrohemia this is the first time i've fully looked at this deck right i looked at it today and i was like jesus the absence of pyrohemia 
is so baffling to me because one it's a card that it, it that card's not ridiculous i think it hovers between four and six dollars depending on the printing it's definitely not it's definitely not without outside of the, the ability to reach of most players but like that card is such a slam dunk it's it's a card that i i personally really love to see um i have a couple decks that are built around this kind of pestilence and pyrohemia type effect as Daniel alluded to, and just it's getting more copies out there would not have been bad. Again, it's like, you know, four, six dollar reprint. Great spot for it. It synergizes with the deck. It's exclusion is very baffling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Especially Dragon... when, you, when you take into account that none of these other decks are token producing decks. Like I would get it if it would like completely shut out uh, other decks. Uh-huh. But Prosper yeah. is a one four and, I'm, and the Dragon is a five four. Yep. I, I guess, like, how big is Galia? She's a 4-4. Does it only kill the Dungeons of Death commander? That one is a 2-3. So that one, yeah. that one's got to learn. But it still has three activations to do that. Mm-hmm, and, like, mm-hmm. and in the big thing, like, I understand that, especially in D&D lore, uh, Vrondis here is a dragonborn, which the, a lot of the narrative in D&D of that, of that race ties with its relation to dragons. Mm-hmm. I get the lore implications of making this dragon tribal. The mechanics on the card Vrondis Rage of Agents, I do not see the thrust to make this a dragon tribal That's why deck. it blew my mind uh-huh. when I actually got yeah. in there. I don't, I don't see, because Vrondis doesn't particularly care about anything dragons do. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about being evasive. He doesn't fly because he's a dragon born. He's not a full dragon. Um, he doesn't care about large flyers. He doesn't care about ETBs necessarily. Nothing about Vrondis other than it being a dragon cares about dragons mm-hmm. tribally or mechanically. And it, I think the focus on that steered this deck into a kind of a wackadoo direction and I think it made it lesser. I think I like yeah. as much as I, again, it's, I love Rondis. I love a lot of the new cards in here, but as an overall deck, I also, I would land on the, giving this a thumbs down. All right. Well, we're going to be moving on to hopefully something that's a little bit more pleasant on the thumbs. Drew introduces to this deck. So I got aura of courage um, for reasons that will gradually become more and more obvious mm-hmm. as we go down. Uh, aura of courage, aura of courage <laughs> is a Bant deck held by Galia, Galia, Kindler of hope one green, white, blue for a four, four elf knight with vigilance. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast aura and equipment spells from the top of your library. When you cast an equipment spell this way, it gains when this equipment enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control so this entire deck is equipment and enchantment you could probably call it enhancement if you wanted to intentionally confuse somebody with a new word that they've never heard before. <laughs> um, but it is a deck archetype that i refer to as equip enchantments, and i do that because i have this deck i've been joshed i have been the one who's been joshed this time around mm-hmm. i have Yay. this exact deck yep. i have this exact mishmash archetype that i had to make work with my own sweat and toil in the pits of my air conditioned room. And I had to <laughs> assemble it to my own and here they have it. And my reaction to that is fine because I think this is worse than what I made. So <laughs> to go over, similar to, to some of the other ones, there is one actually full alternate commander. And then uh, in line with the thing they've done in some commander precons past, there is another one where if you cut a color out of the deck, there is another new legendary that is one fewer color. So the other alternate is stove 
is Storvald Freist. Let's run it back, Drew. Give it one more try. Storvald Frost Giant Jarl. For four, green, white, and a blue. Uh, they are a giant 7-7 seven, seven with ward three. So whenever they would be the target of a spell or an ability and opponent controls, counter it unless they pay three. Other creatures you control have ward three. And whenever Storvald enters the battlefield or attacks, choose one or both. Target creature has base power and toughness 7-7 seven, seven till end of turn. Target creature has base power and toughness 1-1 one, one till end of turn. A lot of interesting stuff there. I'm going to go deeper into that later. Um, and the other new legend here is Caddy Bree of Mithril Hall, green, white, 2-2, two, two, human archer, first strike and reach. Whenever Caddy Bree of Mithril Hall attacks, put a 1-1 one, one counter on it for each equipment attached to it. One, remove all 1-1 one, one counters from Caddy Bree. It deals X damage to target attacking or blocking creature and opponent controls where X is the number of counters removed this way. So, I'm kind of going through in the kind of way we've done here. Um, I definitely think for this deck, they, they're, they're not trying to trick you Galia is absolutely without a doubt the mm -hmm. ideal commander here mm -hmm. primarily because I think the other two fill excellent support roles for the strategy that Galia enables here so whenever you have um, again I've this is a deck that I have played numerous numerous times yep. not with these cards but with better cards my cards <laughs> uh, but it's it's the thing is whenever you're stacking these auras and these equipment on your creatures you really hate to see removal Storvald is a great uh, kind of additional piece to that where he just makes it a little bit harder to remove any of your things mm -hmm. plus he gets their base toughness up super super high so you can play a cheap creature or a token load it up and then you kind of mitigate it having to be a cheap creature with low power low toughness by suddenly making it a 7-7 seven, seven. and then you're also able to diminish your opponent's key blocker bring it out to 1-1 one, one. I love everything on Storvold I feel like Storvold can honestly be its own deck that is also really cool and really interesting no, Storvold, Storvold's yeah. hype I like him Stor quite a Storvold's bit Storvold's mm -hmm. super great I love everything on that card and then Cadbury, I honestly, I feel a little bad because I don't actually feel like looking at Cadbury. I don't feel like this card's going to get a lot of play. I feel like it's a, it's a little too niche. Now it does have the Merida thing going on, so you know anyone who is a big fan of Brave or if Cadbury is a D and D character, I'm personally not aware of that. Um, but definitely, I look at the card, I go, oh, this is this is Brave. If you were really been big into Brave, big into Merida, which is a great reason to get into Magic. Um, if you just like, recognize the character and wanted to start playing with it, mm -hmm. I feel like it does feel like an archer flavorly. So I do love that about it where it's just, it's, if you load it up with a bow or other stuff that is bow like it gets stronger. And so it can kind of better deal with stuff. And then it can also pinpoint remove stuff as you need to. Uh, I think, I don't think that removing all of its counters is necessary to keep this balance, but I'm, per I'm potentially wrong on that. I have obviously not play tested with this card. Hmm. Um, but I do feel like they could have done that to make it a bit more playable. It would have, it would have pushed the card a bit. I don't think it would have made the card unfun or kind of format warping in any way. I think, I think it's it just because would have been, yeah. my guess is it's because it is in specifically the plus one plus one counter colors, like the colors that can get infinite counters. Yeah. They were probably just accounting for like that because I could still see yeah. even with mm -hmm. removing them all in in the decks that do the counter stuff, I could see you being able to activate that ability multiple times in the mm -hmm. middle of combat and still killing every single creature that's attacking you. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing for me. I, like for me, my biggest thing is just I think the restriction that it's only attacking or blocking creatures, which I think is really fun and flavorful. Yeah. I think that is enough of a restriction that they could have eased off of it being all of the counters. But yeah. I mean, you're absolutely correct. Like it's the, the biggest thing I think that that stops even that from being kind of uh, format breaking is that green white doesn't get a lot 
lot of like goad and combat shenanigan effects as far as manipulating the literal combat phase there's like buffs and things like that for certain but like there's not a lot of goad abilities in green white there's not a lot of everyone has to attack in green white mm-hmm. so you would have to kind of pair it with other stuff yeah like, it, like and in those colors it's like you're gonna have either a giant creature because of counters or you're gonna have a huge board because of tokens so chances are people aren't coming into you anyway <laughs> yep so yeah. yeah this this card is a little it's a bit it's a little weird it's a little, it's a little weird um but other than those cards um i guess just to now kind of take the cat out of the bag um people who've listened to the show for a while may be aware of this but the the deck that i have built that is this exact deck is a deck that i call kestia's hall of heroes built around kestia the cultivator exact same idea it is a balance of uh, creatures and auras and equipment with the idea being that you have kind of a large roster, a Justice League and Avengers of, of a variety of creatures that are all getting voltron up. And it's kind of a playstyle that I called Go-Wide Voltron, where it's not quite obviously as Go-Wide as infinite tokens in a token deck or a swarm deck. And it's not a full Voltron where you just need one creature to get through. I have like three or four that are all pretty big. It's probably my closest to an actual full on battle cruiser deck, but with having key equipment, key auras, it's able to kind of be resilient enough that it's not just like relying on my opponents to do nothing for several turns for me to go off. I can usually get in there pretty quickly. And I've had a lot of games where I've dominated from like turn three and just kind of ran the game from there and then just slowly won out. It's um, a really cool deck to see go off. I, yeah. I really like that deck. Yeah, hmm. and, and notably, a thing that's actually really interesting, though, is while, again, on the face of it, like, I probably will replace the commander in mind with Galia, because I think Galia is strictly better for that archetype, the actual deck here, I don't really think is at all, to be honest with you. So, to go kind of deeper into the deck here, there were a couple of the of the new cards I did want to touch on. Um, Fae Steed, I just think is an interesting card to touch on. Uh, so two and two white for a four, four elk. Whenever it attacks another target attacking creature, you control gains indestructible till in a turn. Whenever a creature or planeswalker you control becomes the target of a spell or ability and opponent controls, you okay. may draw a card. Yeah. I wanted to call mm-hmm. this out because it's card draw and white. I yeah. think its ability is actually very useful in a, in a Voltron or in a deck where you have to invest a lot into your creatures because no, you don't want really them to good. get destroyed really mm-hmm. good and then mm-hmm. just it's again it's another thing just like store vault where it kind of protects your things a little bit where your opponent has to and especially being in blue and white if they go to play a removal spell on a creature you are in the colors to draw either just straight up a counter or any number of protection spells and granted this deck doesn't exactly it's not exactly brimming with those but in your colors you certainly have those options and i think face Steed is actually just a great card it's already at like a couple bucks as a single i think it's i think you could you could really make the argument for this card in a lot of decks I think it's very interesting oh yeah well green mm-hmm. has already gotten this effect of course multiple mm-hmm. times this idea of of taxing your yeah. opponents for like coming after you that kind of defensive card draw of course was green first mm-hmm. and now white finally gets their own like dedicated one yeah and i mm-hmm. i really like it and a lot you know, a lot of people, I've seen people complain about the idea that, you know, white should just get straight up card draw, but I really like white's thing being conditional. Yeah. Like, but, but I like conditional that isn't also taxes because taxes can slow the game down some, Yeah. but like these kind of things is just like, listen to me. I am a big defensive white deck. I have chump blockers for days. I don't want you to do things law and order. If mm-hmm. you come in here, 
I deserve to protect myself. That's yes. super white, uh-huh. and I love it. I I really like this card, and I like this direction in general. I think mm-hmm. they could have probably dropped the. It, Maybe I think they, they could have dropped at least the second white pip or made it one and two white because I think the green version of this might be like a one green enchantment. There's uh there <laughs> yeah and I mean well, the thing is like it is it does pass the vanilla test it's a four mana four four yeah that's like, really good yeah yeah and I mean like it's you know being a four four doesn't exactly win games of commander but that means it does duck a lot of removal yeah so I like it's I think again I think they're being very cautious here I don't think this is an amazing white card but I think like it's it's similar to um I don't really want to compare it to this card but I'm going to it's similar to Sun Titan in the specific way that when I see Sun Titan in a deck of its color. I never question why it's there because I go, sure, I can see how that would come into come in handy in a yeah. variety of potential gameplay scenarios. Face Deed is the same way. I yep. can see how Face Deed is useful in a wide variety of gameplay board mm-hmm. setups. Mm-hmm. I would never question seeing this in a deck. Um, second from that, uh, Holy Avenger, another one of the new cards, one of the new equipment. I uh, This is one of the few that I'm like immediately grabbing once I can, uh, but two and a white for an equipment. Equipped creature has double strike. That's Ooh. it. I'm lying to you. Whenever equipped creature <laughs> deals combat damage, you may put an aura card from oh! your hand onto the battlefield attached to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Love every bit on this card. Double strike. Yeah, huge. Nice. Don't actually have a ton of ways to get that in band. It's one nope. of the trickier parts here. And it is an equipment that synergizes with the auras and giving double strike is such a huge boon in this deck every Mm -hmm. bit of text on this card is is insane and amazing and i love it and it's also it's pretty on the face of it pretty obvious why this card's good and i love that it's good in this archetype because equip champions is a deck in my opinion that is all about a balancing act you both need enough auras and enough equipment so that you justify not just being all into one or the other because you're choosing to do both you also need another balance of having enough creatures on board to put your things onto because without creatures your cards are dead in hand mm-hmm. and holy avenger it's just it's a little bit of that grease on the wheels that the deck for me for my money i feel like really needs to kind of sing to really get there you need to have a you need to have a good balance of all the different elements and you need enough things that care about each of the other two things that are going on in the deck to really get there holy avenger knocks all of that out it's so great no i mm-hmm. i did mm-hmm. not ever see that card and i have i have a secret love for double strike i don't know what yeah. it is when i draft i i'll take the i'll take the double strikers i don't care what the stat line is mm-hmm. i get them i really <laughs> good i really like double strike snapdax has it so. It's it's just, it's just it's in Bant. It's actually it's pretty hard to get. Double Strike is not very popular. It's mostly a red thing, so it's hard to get in Bant. Love seeing that. And again, it's also it's on a on a colored equipment here. This is another thing that white decks are going to get. And like again, it's this is the thing they've already been doing. Especially like if you're in white or Boros, you could get to attack a lot. But again, like this is a thing that my mono green deck doesn't get. So it's another thing that gets kind of more powerful to let white kind of get there and catch up to the other colors in the format. Um, the other, the last new one that I wanted to call out is ride the avalanche. I feel like this card is bonkers. Um, green, blue instant. The next spell you cast this turn can be cast as though it had flash. When you cast your next spell this turn, put X one, one counters on up to one target creature where X is the mana value of that spell. I don't think this card is going to break anything wide open, but this card is crazy good. It's in the really right decks. cool. Yeah. This is crazy yeah. good. 
It's the ability to generate mana. One, so think of all of the, there, there are so many different applications of this effect because this not only lets you just cheat timing restrictions, which is very powerful on its own. Mm -hmm. This lets you uh, play with counter synergies and very powerful 1-1 counter colors. Mm -hmm. It is kind of creature based there. This is a combat trick with other utility. Mm -hmm. People do yeah. not run Titanic Growth in Commander if they can help it because it's too situational. If I can not only get more than plus four, plus four, probably plus, you know, plus eight, plus eight if I'm really, you know, really abusing this card and also cheat a creature into play for just two additional mana, I will pay that cost of admission every single time. I absolutely, and I'll get back in line and I'll play it again. If that's I have the ability a, to. That's the thing. You don't even have to cast a creature, which is the the, the surprising part. Mm -hmm. When I first read this, I thought that it was your, your next creature you cast, you could cast at instant speed. It's and you put X counters creature. on the creature. Very good. You yeah. can cast yeah. like, I don't know, like a mind's desire. Yeah. Because that's a sorcery. Well, that might not be good because the rest of them you couldn't cast later. But something <laughs> good. Yeah, uh, you cast something really, really good, like an omniscience, and then you just put ten counters on a guy and have omniscience, and you say, "Hey, man, I'm gonna block your thing. It's dead, and now mm -hmm. I'm gonna omniscience." So it's <laughs> it's good. It's got it's got superb blowout potential. Yes, like again, it, it, the the floor on this is very low. You need a second card for this to really do anything at all. I get that. There's gonna, you know, I don't, but I do not think that it is magical Christmas land to see just how vaulted these ceilings are and see <laughs> just how high the, you know, the potential for this card is. I think if you're again, if you're doing this and you're playing like a four drop, that's Titanic Growth, baby, and I'm perfectly fine with Titanic Growth coming with a like an extra time cheated spell. Completely game for that. And you don't um, even have to put the counters on one of your creatures. It's just no, any I don't. So there's oh, yeah. so many applications. Uh -huh. It's like this, never dead. That's that's what I'm saying. I feel like this card is all over the place in what it can do. It's currently under a dollar um, for like the fancy extendo art version. I think this card is probably going to be undervalued for a long time until enough people see it at tables. I think that card is insanely good. Um, to kind of go over then uh, with our with our rubric here. So. Um, uh, make it accessible. I do think that there is a specific trickiness because I don't think that on their faces, I think people get equipping and enchanting creatures in concept. I don't think the nuances of those mechanics in Magic the Gathering are exactly one-to-one -one with expectations for new players. So I would probably say, I would give this kind of a, of a middle of the road as far as its actual complexity to play, because I did include there with reasonable accommodation, you're playing with people, people who have been playing Magic at all generally understand how those works. And there's not anything in here that is a crazy interaction with equipments and enchantments. The worst of those, I would probably say from a complexity standpoint, is probably Holy Avenger with it putting an aura in and then all your creature has all of the th stuff about that aura on it for whenever it goes to hit the second time, some mm, complexity mm. in there. But I think that that's the most crazy. I do it think really get. So I think all, all things considered with it. Yeah. I'd say there's, there's a little bit of complexity behind belt of giant strength specifically. Um, that's for one in a green, yeah. and an equipment, uh, equip 10, the ability costs X less to activate where X is the power of the creature. It targets equipped creature has base power and toughness, 10, 10, that you do have to have some understanding of where you get the base power and toughness. Then you layer on top the buffs mm -hmm. that you get from the equipments and auras, yeah. um, understanding 
what you what you end up with at the end of that. There's a little bit there. There's a little to learn on that one. Yeah, again, like it's not a thing that I think is insurmountable, and especially so if you have any kind of, you know, if you're playing with a play group and somebody has been playing for a while, I yeah. think it's surmountable, certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, um, I, th- I think that if I have to compare equipping one equipment uh, in a deck where it honestly might not matter because yeah. of Galia, where mm-hmm. you can just put it onto the thing, because <laughs> she'll just circumvent a lot of the tricky parts, yeah. Yeah. you know, compared to Prosper, that's just like, the timing restrictions of cascade, suspend, rebound, (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. impulse draw, all of those things, play versus cast, Mm -hmm. um, because that wording matters. I think Uh that like this deck is, is like a piss baby cakewalk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I I do think a lot of that goes with the face commander, because, you know, not more often than not, but there'll be a lot of times where like, Weird, like Colossus Hammer of just like eight mana, but then it's like, oh, it's just a 10 10 for one off the top of my deck. <laughs> you know, that, that's pretty cool. All right. Like, there's, yeah. there's some fun things there. Exactly. Um, and then as far as actual like logistical accessibility, um, I will note that on online retailers, because obviously these decks are not in stores yet, they have not yep. um formally released, but in online retailers, this is one of the more expensive of the pre-cons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do anticipate that might continue. So I also again kind of the same thing with its complexity. It's not, you know, double the price of the other ones, but it is more expensive. So I would probably put it in kind of middle of the pack. Um, as far as it's legit, like literally trying to get it into your hands accessibility um, mm-hmm. for value for new players of the format. Um, this granted for me, this does not create a new archetype. However, for when I built nearly Kestia, everybody, else, everybody <laughs> yeah. else, it absolutely does. Yes. And so it kind of is instead of being disheartened again, I'll, there's a lot of factors in that because I feel like I feel like my deck's better not to flex, but I do have yeah. a podcast about magic. And I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like it's, I feel like mine is better. Mine's doing a lot more stuff, but I feel like this is cracking that egg a little bit more to say like, Hey, you can just do it all. And that is a, that is a uh, mentality that I take into a lot of my deck builds where I refuse to make concessions and I put everything into the deck no matter what. And so I think it does at the very least, it is combining two existing archetypes in some new form. So I think it definitely does that. Um, mm-hmm. Ditto for creatively, um, or really that just is creatively. It is doing that creatively. Financially, of the four, at least as of time of recording, this is the most value in any of the given decks. And that's on a couple cards that are actually great. Uh, one of the most notable here is Utopia Sprawl. One green yep. aura, Enchanted Forest. As it enters, choose a color. When Enchanted Forest is tapped for a mana, it, you add an additional man of any color um nine bucks as of this reprinting but a very underprinted card very expensive love seeing that here great piece of ramp yeah love this one this one unlike the other ones where it's from commander 2017 this one is a staple in modern this is one yes. of the few reprints uh-huh. that is like specifically a bonkers one in a format that is not this so yes. <laughs> so that that's a good one to get because that yeah. card that card was was up there for that one green good. enchantment that card was was that card's insanely good mm-hmm. and again in a three color deck you need the fixing so it also it fits here and it's going to synergize with anything that cares about enchantments anything that cares about auras you can play it off the top with galia love that it, love its inclusion here um mm-hmm. sword of the animus mm-hmm. another card that i had routinely seen above 12 dollars for a while 
two mana equipment of uh, creature gets plus one plus one and that's the only reason people play it twelve dollar card um whenever <laughs> it attacks you may search your library for a basic land put it onto the battlefield tapped and shuffle one of the hardest things to do is to stop drawing lands in an equip champions deck and sword of the animist is just sort of the animist is an amazing card full stop in any deck you put it in in mm-hmm. a deck that cares about equipments or artifacts or lands at all it is a star card and so seeing it reprinted here is also great just mm-hmm. to get more of them there it's already down to 750 and the decks aren't even actually out yet um we have new uh just to call it this isn't really a value thing but just new art on swift foot boots about time i like seeing new art oh, on yeah. swift foot boots it's a staple oh, card yeah yep no, new cool art um we also have a basilisk color here coming in it's a couple bucks um but it had been creeping up around five to six even with the mystery booster reprinting so seeing it here is really cool um and then we also have the things that would everyone would have said something about were they not here? But we both have SRAM, Senior Edificer, who mm-hmm. was not getting terribly expensive, but mm-hmm. is, a, is absolutely a card a to put in, in here. Yeah. In this deck specifically, but in equipment decks and in aura decks. But just one in a white 2-2 two, two, whenever you cast an aura equipment or vehicle, draw a card. Love to see it. More notably, Pure Steel Paladin is in here, and I am so over the moon happy that they mm-hmm. actually just did that. So Pure Steel mm-hmm. Paladin... Uh, white, white, two, two, human knight. When an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. Metalcraft equipment can equip for free as long as you have three or more artifacts. I could, I, I have a lot of reservations with Wizards of the Coast as a company and as a business entity that makes financial decisions where I feel like they gouge their players and they routinely under, they oversell or they overvalue their product and don't actually put enough value in it to justify that. Pierce the Paladin is a great inclusion. Pierce the Paladin is a staple in equipment decks. It's a staple in multiple formats. It's a staple in anything you can play it in. Mm-hmm. If you're playing equipment mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. you have looked at Pierce the Paladin. It is a no-brainer to put it here. I love seeing it. Now, this this one in terms of reprints and even just deck concept, because mm. like Masterwork of Ingenuity is great in any equipment. The, the thing about it is, is that because of yeah. the type of deck this is, that yeah. even if you did just want to build an Enchantress deck, that like has the Voltron theme instead of just like flat, you know, regular enchantments or you want to build equipments. I think that this is one of the few decks you should just buy. Heroic intervention is in here. It's always going to gain value. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that card's good as hell. Uh, It's got Kenrith's transformation imprisoned in the moon. Just like these really like, no, those cards aren't expensive, but they're super good prime time commander removal that people just don't run. Get them, have them. Mm -hmm. And like, like pure still paladin it's gonna go up and you're gonna yeah. want it this it's is this is card. the one because yeah. it's yeah. it's creative it's doing things that no other deck has done except for drew's one deck and maybe like <laughs> a few maybe other people have fringe done it but yeah. this one is brand new yeah a brand new archetype lots of good cards in it i like the only reason that i'm not more excited is because drew did it better but like, <laughs> i'm trying to, I'm trying to push it. that out of my mind but i i think overall i'm giving this it's, one a honking thumbs up dog this yeah no i mean good. it's it's mm-hmm. dinner for me just mm-hmm. to do like the the how it benefits the format i mean again it's like this is not like this is just a this is a timmy style deck that just has more hoops you have to jump through in it so it has a bit more decision points but it, it is like it's an aggro deck 
there's no problems with that. I refuse to hear any counter arguments. Um, it, I think it's going to bring in new players because the idea of I'm going to play my creature, I'm going to give it a big hammer, I'm going to run in at you, I think is a thing that is immediately grokkable to a brand new player. And I think it's also like, oh, even if you're coming from another strategy game, you like the layers there, this also appeals to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in, it's an aura and equipment can like kind of fusion there is an invigorating idea it is something that is cool and exciting and i think it does only good stuff for the format it has good reprints in it bring it on the price of staple cards it is doing something that is new in a space it is combining some stuff i think everything about it's great i give it a thumb up and it's it's one of those commanders that that because of just how broad voltron is Mm -hmm. it's just like somebody doing enchantment voltron is not everybody's going to be running all of the exact same identical things. Yeah. And it's the same thing with regular Voltron. Some people are going to have different equipments. They're like, just you're always, I feel like I could play against three different versions of this deck and essentially see different things that people wanted to prioritize. Yeah. Uh Like somebody might focus on just like, Oh, I just want to play like bad enchantments on other people's stuff. Like (laughs) I want to be able to do like goad, Impetus Vasa style, of yeah, that kind of thing. and yeah. just do all of those things and just do them off the top with like some equipments to finish. It's just really cool. And Storvald, I would say that Storvald, like with no other things, is our first Bant's beats commander. Like yeah. Bant, Bant ah, is pretty uh-huh. cutesy around the rim with a lot mm-hmm. of their commanders. They're real cute. Like Rafik of the Mini can give something double strike if it's attacking alone. Yeah, but like Storvald mm-hmm. just, just. Let you kind of just beat let ass. you go. I like yeah. it. It's cool. Yeah. But I, I have a soft spot for seven mana <laughs> legendary creatures <laughs> with intense multiple mana cause. Yeah. Um, right. so, Love yeah. Josh, what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down? You know, I was I was covering when I was covering the Rakdos deck how it it kind of it it's a little all over the place in some spots where I feel like design wise on, on wizards ends they're they're showing, Hey, get a little taste of a bunch of different things. Um, and I think there's value in that, but then also it can make the deck kind of feel like all over the place. I would imagine as you're playing it, this one compared to a lot of the pre-con commander decks, I feel like is, is pretty dang tight on what it's doing. One could argue that it's like, okay, it's kind of split between, do you really like equipments? Do you really like auras? Except then the face commander says, you don't have to choose. You don't got to spec into one or the yep. other. Do both. <laughs> right there. So I feel like this one mm-hmm. compared to so many pre-cons is tight. It's really tight on its theme. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, Drew, obvious thumbs up from him too. So let us move on to the last one. Since I'm talking right now, I will be the one who will start us off here. This is the uh, uh, Esper Dungeons of Death. This is our. Um, this is going to be our venturing uh, mm-hmm. deck, and mm-hmm. the commander is Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways, uh, white, blue, and black. Uh, whenever it's a human wizard, legendary creature, two, three. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, venture into the dungeon. This ability triggers once each turn and also create undead. Whenever you complete a dungeon, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this is venturing reanimator is -hmm. essentially what this deck is trying to do. Um, The other face cards, there's only one face card. The other one is 
Uh, Nihilor. Uh, I've got it up, so I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, oh, yeah, Nihilor. Uh, Nihilor 2, white, blue, black for a 3-5 horror. When Nihilor enters the battlefield, for each opponent, tap up to one untapped creature you control. When you do, gain control of target creature that player controls with power less than or equal to the tapped creature's power for as long as you control Nihilor. Whenever you attack with a creature an opponent owns, you gain two life and that player loses two life. Hmm. Good lord, that card. It's <laughs> a lot of words. You know, we just broke out this rubric thing. I have, I, when I have. You never like, read hey, that one? Which is, I, I think I glanced at that card. But like when I'm thinking about it in the context of like, because I mean, the first step here is how accessible is this? There is not a more actively hostile commander <laughs> to a brand new player of the game of Magic the Gathering than good lord this card i there it does have a little bit um it is grokkable you can understand it but there is so much rereading a new player of the game would have to do on this card to actually understand what it's doing yeah i can tell what i'm saying is this is one of those someone would cast already have creatures on board (laughs) yeah 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 you already have stuff on the board to do i could 100 see someone cast this card and and they're so excited because it has a big effect they slam it on the table they read through the entire text with their big smirk on their face and then they sit there and say wait hold on and they sit and read it in silence two or three more times because there's a lot of steps to this you gotta get right it's a lot of text yep oh yeah i actually just had to reread it again um there is a lot going on i i do like i do like that this exists it seems really weird but I love that second ability. Whenever you yeah. attack mm-hmm. with a creature an opponent owns, you gain ah, two life mm-hmm. and that player loses two life. Like you don't even have to necessarily use that first ability to do it. Just mm-hmm. any of your theft effects that you can just jam in a deck, yeah. you yeah. still gain that second bit. And that's mm-hmm. really cool. I like that. I feel like, yeah, that first ability, because it's, okay, when you do, like you tap, tap an untapped creature you control up t- for each opponent, tap up to one untapped creature. What do you do? Gain control of target creature that player controls with power less than or equal to the tapped creature's power for as long as you control Nihilor. So if you blink them, they'll, they'll get their things back Right after that. Right. So he doesn't really work with blinking. Okay, no. so, so that's a little fuddy-duddy, but but that second ability is, is dope. I do love uh-huh. that other ability. Uh-huh. Cool creature, I just think it is like literally actively hostile to new players. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like every line of text on that card. It's kind of got Man. a little bit going on. And then mm-hmm. uh, we have, and this is one I'm going to go ahead and say that creatively I like this one because this archetype didn't exist before. Man, yeah. Wily Illusionist, one and two blue. It's a gnome wizard, a one three. It's riding on a ghost fox, I think. I think it's it looks, a bear. I think it's a phantasmal I, bear. It's a bear. It could be a bear. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, Phantasmal Bear. That's 100%. Except for it's <laughs> not because that's a magic card and this is D&D set. But Phantasmal Bears are in D&D. Anyway, yeah. whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 1-1 one, one blue illusion creature token with this creature gets plus 1 plus 0 for each other illusion you control. And whenever an illusion you control dies, you may put a permanent card with mana value less than or equal to that creature's power from your hand onto the battlefield. What? <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. love this any of love your illusions this. that die you can put a land from your hand onto the battlefield so, it's mm-hmm. mono blue illusion ramp 
So for some uh, some back some backstory on the lore uh, for the audience there, um, I began playing Magic um, kind of in earnest, and then I pulled my two compatriots here, um, and I think they had some other friends who were playing it as well. I was playing in Standard when anyone who remembers this, the master of, I think it's, I'm forgetting the name of the car, but whenever, and there was an Illusion deck in Standard that was all about Phantasmal oh, uh-huh. Image, I think it's Master of Illusions or something like that. Illusions as an archetype have almost uh, across the board have this um, writer rules text. Whenever they are the target of a spell or ability, you sacrifice them. And the card uh, that let that deck be a standard viable deck is that it gave all of your illusions hexproof, which is multi-bending. I love to see it. (laughs) Men as a legendary attempt at that same archetype is even better than that because it's like, hey, because you want, you're going to run him in there. 100%. I have no doubts about that. But if they are able to remove your creatures, which is so easy, they might do it on accident. Mm-hmm. You get this huge upside that is so cool. Because And it also plays flavorfully. Like, oh, they tried to go for the illusion, but you distracted him. And actually, there's this huge thing coming in. Love that. Love everything about men. That card's very cool. I'm going to say it right now. If any of the cards from these pre-cons of new legendaries are going to be the one that sneaks in and ends up being a lot more powerful mm-hmm. than because i already think this card's really strong but if yeah. i think that there's like a way that this gets busted hella open i'm putting it on this one i think <laughs> this one's got because the fact that you make your illusions by drawing your second card each turn it means you're mm-hmm. the way that you get the illusions is by drawing a bunch of cards, which means anytime an illusion dies, you will probably always have an option of something to put on the battlefield. This yes, isn't one yep. of those things where it's just like, oh, I've spent like six or seven cards, and now I only have like one in hand and an illusion died. Oh, here it goes. No, getting more cards is how you <laughs> get the illusions. You're mm-hmm. going to have stuff to do. It's crazy. Anyway, let's get into what this deck is trying to do. Yes. Right. Essentially, what this deck is doing is it's a, it's a graveyard deck. If your creatures go into the graveyard from anywhere, uh, then you get to venture. Uh, the So it's a lot of, um, you know, you have like Doomed Necromancer to sacrifice it, return creatures from the graveyard to the battlefield, puts a creature in the graveyard, lets you venture. Uh, Champion of Wits lets you draw cards and then discard two cards whenever it enters the battlefield. Puts a creature in your graveyard from anywhere. You're going to venture. Only once per turn. But... Mm-hmm. You still mm-hmm. get to do it, and I'm trying to see how many instant speedways. I guess I talked about one. Doom Necromancer does it because it's mm-hmm. really the main thing. Oh, Necrotic Sliver, Necrotic oh, yeah. Sliver. Yeah, there's just the one sliver, just <laughs> one guy in there. It's bizarre. Yep. I mean, you could He's make a brilliant. fantastical to be fair, image he of is it. Prime removal. Yeah. Yeah. He it is prime removal. It's three mana destroy any permanent, and that's some that's almost better spot removal than any of the other decks kind of get. So, <laughs> you know, I'll let them have that. Um, uh, we got like mole drifter in here to fill up your hand or to mm-hmm. bring back from the graveyard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it looks solid because this deck I think is actually running. Is this one running the most creatures out of all of them? Yeah. 33. Oh, yeah. I do believe so. Um, Mm-hmm. yeah does it running more more. than the dragons it is yeah. so 33 yeah. creatures so this is the most creature focused deck and you have them across looks like a pretty decent mana curve mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. lots of ways to self-sacrifice like it looks just definitely it, 
looking uh, looking through this deck list they've talked about a lot like a lot of people in previous sets now that commander has become kind of the most popular format um there are a lot of sets i mean we we recently on the show we talk about party quite a bit where mm -hmm. there is like they had a uh they had a new tazri that had party text on it but there's just really not enough support to if you liked party in that limited environment for that Zendikar set you don't really have the cards to make a working commander. And so with them doing additional pre-constructed decks with basically every set, there is now a commander that basically just pushes it just enough that if you love going through dungeons, there is now a commander that kind of collects a lot of the key colors for that so that you can kind of build it and play with that strategy if you liked it in that set. Well, another thing that I actually really like about this card is that like looking through Orzov or not Orzov, Esper Commanders, this is this is the reanimator commander. Esper hmm. doesn't get huh. to reanimate. Like, they can reanimate with the cards, but there is no... I guess the closest is Sharum, the, the Hegeman. It lets you get yeah. uh, artifacts back when it enters the battlefield. Oh, but yeah. This is the only, essentially, dedicated recursion text on the card Esper mm -hmm. Commander. Interesting. Which is a new archetype for them. You just you do yeah. have to go through the dungeon, but there's the one dungeon that's I think is only two or four, like four? three or four rooms four. long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, and then like uh, so, I it's not that difficult to do. I I think that there is something really interesting here attached to something that <laughs> if you don't care about venturing. Mm -hmm. it feels bad if you love yep. venturing yeah. then i think that this you know this is going to be a home run for you it's the venture deck and it mm -hmm. is also the first esper like legendary that is specifically reanimator which yeah i think kind of dope i like that they get that option now they've had black they should have been able to do it a long time ago mm -hmm. good for them yeah. we got there but if you are going to try to do Esper reanimated. And you're like, I don't want to have to go through a stupid dungeon. I don't want to do that. And I hate that. That's the way to do it. Then yeah. you're just going to pick something else. You're going to pick like never partners. And, and that's a, that's an unfortunate thing. Cause I, I uh -huh. like, I like it when a new archetype comes in, it's sort of like the opposite of, of Rondis where it's two separate things, but they're independent of each other. If you want to go in rage, you can do that separate of dice rolls. But dice rolls, you can build that deck separate from Enrage, essentially. But this mm. one is, if you want the reanimator, you do the dungeons. You must do the dungeons to get back the thing. Yeah. You don't have another option aside from just playing the cards that would do it anyway. And mm. if you're going to be doing that anyway, you would just play a card that's just probably better in general. And then just yeah. play the the filler cards that just do that anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a thing that I talked about, like in the actual in the Avengers in the Forgotten Realm set review, where it's like again, the venturing through the dungeon mechanic. It doesn't give us anything brand new. It does have abuse potential, but all of the methods that you can go through a venture to do, you could do easier by not doing it. And so there's nothing like busted here. There's nothing that's like format warping. If you're doing dungeons, it's just a newer and I think a little bit of a cooler way to do things you could already do. I That's, like well, and uh, honestly, hmm. like if if with such a broad thing like that, that's anything yeah. that happens in magic that, that is fair. more or less. But I, here's why I secretly I really like this deck because this deck 
is a mesmeric orb deck, baby. <laughs> As for self-mill, <laughs> that's how we're going to be getting our triggers. <laughs> Don't even <laughs> worry about sacrificing stuff. Just do the self-mill, load up good things in the graveyard, get through that dungeon easy, put like twiddle on an isochron scepter, <laughs> and then just... <laughs> and then just just walk your little self through there. Get back something dumb that also mills, and just and just go off with Esper Mill. Let's do it. Let's do it, gang, guys. Let's all build Severus Mill. So, with all that said, I think we can kind of just go through the rubric on this one. Um, mm-hmm. Does this make it more accessible? I actually I think that what the deck does is not very simple. However. With how a lot of new players enter the game, there's going to be a lot of people for them to talk to about Venture specifically. So I would probably put it in that same kind of realm as Galia, where I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's terrible just because it's, again, with the whole reasonable uh, reasonable assistance thing, there's going to be a lot of people who are talking about and doing stuff with Venture. So that, yeah. that mechanic that is kind of really deep into this deck is already going to be pushed and talked about a lot, and that, that I think will help. You know what I think is going to end up happening with this deck the most for people who get it? Because I think mm. the people who get it are going to be most excited for Venture. Because yeah. the Venture is going to happen on accident. Because a lot of mm-hmm. your creatures you'll chump block with and you won't care. Yep. And you'll just right. be like, yeah, man, I'll block with Baleful Strix or whatever. And then you'll be like, yes, I get to Venture. And the part that players are going to forget is the reanimate. Yep. They're just going to be so excited to accidentally get to venture every turn, and they're going to take yeah. out cards and replace them with like ETB or die venture cards. Yep. And then they're going to forget about the reanimate part. And it's going to be the cutest thing in the world to just mm-hmm. see them be like, like somebody else at the table is just like, you're going to get a creature back? And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. I just, sorry. I'll, uh, Tomb of Annihilation again, please. <laughs> and I think, I think. I think it's it's cute. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't talk about notable reprints, so let's get to that just real quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. biggest daddy on this one. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, but Phantasmal Image, just a super good card. It's just always yeah. good. I the you know that was in the deck that Drew was talking about that took over that format for a while. Mm-hmm. It, because what it would end up doing is is it would copy a thing that would give illusions a buff, and it was an illusion. And it was good. It was all yeah. good. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that one's a pretty substantial one. What else is a big that's money one? We get the lightning one. greaves in here. Oh, the lightning greaves, yeah. That's a uh, that's propaganda a is a decent reprint. It wasn't mm-hmm. getting crazy, but proper propaganda is always there. Um, uh, I guess that, and then uh, the other one that's notable is Wayfarer's Bauble. So, Wayfarer's oh, Bauble, yeah. oh. um, mm-hmm. was is a common. That is a one one mana artifact, two tap, sack it, search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield, tap, and then shuffle. This was a common from, I think, like Fifth Dawn, like a really old set that was at under a dollar, very budget inclusion for a while, and had gotten up to north of two bucks a piece. Um, so its inclusion mm-hmm. here, while not in like a standard set reprint or anything, where it's, I think, where it, where that would get it to the price that it needs to be, seeing it here is good, got new art on it, looks real cool. Um, and just a getting a reprint of precon is better than none at all. So, mm-hmm. 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 no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh man, I um. <laughs> so th- there is value here, but I think I think we all are probably in agreement here that if you if you are not into venture, mm-hmm. 
you're probably not going to want this deck. No, not at no, all. Not even because, because none not. of the creatures are that substantial. If you if you like Venture, this is literally the deck for you. There's yeah. barely any other option <laughs> until you realize that you could build like uh, Aminatu or, and then just blink creatures with ETB Venture and do that more in, yep. in a better way. Yeah. But until then, until you figure that out, I think this is a great place to start. And I'm for the thumb, I kind of want to give it like a leaning down because if yeah. I set, like if a new player got this and they like took out a whole bunch of cards and just replaced it with any cards in the colors that ventured and I played against it, it would make my heart happy. But like yeah. as it is, I just, I don't. It also, for accessibility, again, all these things have not actually released yet, but it also is the most expensive out of the four. It is at 48, so it is more expensive oh. than Galia. The other two are at 40 even. So it is also, mm. if you wanted to get one of them, at least in pre-order, it is the it is the most expensive out of the lot right now. Weird. Yeah, so if, so you, wanna, if, you, wanna, if you want to do like scalp stuff, then get this one. Yes. <laughs> but if you want to play it and you don't care about Venture... I don't know why you would get it because even the other one in there, I don't think this deck offers a lot of Nihilor shenanigans. If I'm being it honest, ha- it has stuff like necromantic selection. It has like, I feel like you could build that deck. I feel like Nihilor is actually a really sick deck. No, he's really but, cool. But with the yeah. things in this deck, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really see you being able to easily. And if you really want to build Nihilor, you want to buy that as a single and yeah. just yeah. build the deck. Yeah. Um, and so then for values uh, for existing players, Financially, there's a couple reprints here. Nothing crazy. Phantasmal Image is nice, but it was not an insanely priced card. Um, again, like I, I like that Wayfarer's Bauble is reprinted here. There's because that's a for, more of a format wide thing. But I also don't think this is a wide enough reprinting to solve the problem with that card. Because yeah. it being at common in one of the four precons is nothing. It might as well be at Mythic Rare. For all that's gonna matter yeah. so like it's that's not substantial there's i mean there's like there's some stuff in here like it's got swords in there it's got propaganda like it, it, like there's nothing here that's a huge one it does have fell stone which is cool it does have arcane signet and soul ring which hopefully those are kind of the three staple rocks but yeah like it's reprint wise this one is the one that's built around the newest set the most, so it does stand logically that it has the fewest in in the way of like oh really cool reprints. Yeah, any anything that's going to be there is going to be tied to this very specific thing, and a lot of the because it's so reliant on the commander, a lot of the cards in it, mm-hmm. and the commander so general, a lot of the cards mm-hmm. don't necessarily interact with the commander that much. So it kind of just looks like a pile of value creatures. Aside yeah. from like a few that let you venture a couple times. So yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty mishmashy, but it, it will get the job done. It, it, it will do the thing it needs to because creatures die and you venture. Right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter and, what I mean, they do. On that if axis, they go. Yeah. On that axis, so, creatively, this is all about some new stuff. You mentioned it's the only Esper explicitly reanimator commander on the commander. It, it does two things. Esper has never new. done that you have to do at the same time. You <laughs> must do them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> I mean, it's your mileage on that may vary, but it is absolutely doing something brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, no, yeah. I give, I give the card actual props for that. But in terms of like looking at the list and stuff, I'm, I'm still like, yeah. I'm sitting at like pretty close to straight down, but, but not quite mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I feel like this one, this one, maybe more than any of the others here, 
uh, I don't know, maybe maybe not quite as much as the Ragdos one, but this one feels very much like there are some really cool, fun lines, but some of them don't really go together. I think if I saw this deck and was inspired to build a commander deck around, um, I mean, either of the commanders here or any of the particular archetypes, mm -hmm. I would not start by buying this deck. I would definitely buy pieces of this yeah. deck. I would. I don't think I mm -hmm. would ever buy this deck to be the jumping off point because any distinct direction I wanted to go, I, I would be. I'd be switching out way too much of this. Um, on its face, I mm -hmm. would definitely want to be going adventures, but there are there are some really key pieces from the actual main set that didn't make it in here. I mean, there's like there's an equipment that just whenever the creature attacks, you venture into the dungeon. That's really reliable. Um, there's a wall where you yep. just pay five. There's to a venture. bunch that are just like, there's a, yep. Yeah. So it, there's, yeah, yeah, so many things that, that would definitely make it into a venture into the dungeon deck, especially in these colors specifically. I feel like white had some of the strongest stuff, uh, mm -hmm. for reliable venturing mm -hmm. into yep. the dungeon. Um, that being said though, I, I, I know so many of the activatable ways to venture into the dungeon in the main set specified, only do it at sorcery speed and Sephiroth does allow you to venture at instant speed as much as that may matter to you. I'm, I'm not sure how much it will, <laughs> but that's there. Um, yeah, I, so yeah. I would, I would have to give this a thumbs down based solely on the fact that in whatever this might inspire me to do, I would not buy the deck to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, like to to kind of run out there with the final thing. So the benefits to the format here, like I mean, it's it's doing a thing that the standard set's doing, but it's not like, and, and the thing is, like on paper, technically it's exciting in the sense that it's doing stuff that's brand new. Hmm. I do, but I mean, like just trust my gut on it. I am not moved to any reaction from this deck. I'm not shocked to see the reprints here. I'm not like the the new cards in it are fine. Um, it doing venture is fine it being the only esper reanimator is fine because it's just like it's i've been able to do that just it's not on the commander um and so for me like like looking at it it's i don't i do not feel like it harms the format but i think again like it's currently the most expensive out of the four um it's the one that i think might be the might be the most pushed as like a product because it is the one like hey did you like venturing here's the deck for that mm -hmm. and so i think i'm gonna overall give this one a thumbs down just because yeah. it's not doing anything exciting or great even though it's not really doing any harm either <laughs> yeah like you know like i said the coolest thing that the deck does is the thing that's on the commander so every other card you play is only exciting once it's dead <laughs> so, so i think that, that was two thumbs up two thumbs down across the whole board planar portal so you could feel pretty good about getting that one from just a fun perspective, even though like the monetary value is lesser than others Aura of courage, just kind of a home run only yep. real complaint. Maybe 15 creatures feels a little small. If like things get mm. a little rocky, mm -hmm. but like at the same time, you know, the deck is still dope. The deck is still yes. really, really cool. Dungeons of death and uh poor old Verandas. Uh, 
that's what they get for having text on them. If you if you like dungeons <laughs> and if you like dragons, then you can get oh. the dungeons deck and the dragons deck yep. if those speak to you. There Which are the worst ones? <laughs> <laughs> those did not particularly resonate with our group here. But if you like mm-hmm. dungeons and you like dragons, then you can get the deck with dungeons and the one with dragons. I think though, like at, to to cap the whole episode, I think the one that we as a show really probably recommend the most is that aura of courage one. If you're going to get one of them, mm-hmm. it's that Bant Chapman's deck. And I mean, I'm going to mark out for that one because it's a deck I already have. And I love that. deck. <laughs> I, I think I that agree. out of the two, I would probably still go towards planar portal. But like I said, mm-hmm. it's a card that makes Uba mask, not only playable, yeah. but actually pretty good because it screws <laughs> yeah. over everybody else and it makes you just do the thing without having to try and i can't i can't say no to that that's so <laughs> stupid and beautiful that's so good so mm. that's that's where my money is except it's not because it's not worth as much as aura of courage so if you want to play something fun that's <laughs> worth value get aura of courage if you want to play something fun that's silly and fun get planner portal you want to get as much money worth Either way, that's our episode. Uh, let us know what you think. How do you feel about Vrondis? Do you agree that Vrondis is just <laughs> a poor boy stuck in a bad situation and one of us mm. needs to get him out of that damn house? <laughs> or do you think that the whole deck's cool? You, you let us know which one was your favorite. Which one are you excited to play? If you have any like specific build-arounds we might not have even thought of, let us know in, uh, in our comments. Call our house phone. We still got landlines. Um... <laughs> <laughs> get in the comments we, but as we always say here on demonstrate the loop we have demonstrated the loop we will now move to the end step and concede a goodbye Bye. goodbye Bye. have fun good night sleep well